The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. We are a day and change from the deadline. Yes. We have seen some interesting trades. I don't know that we've seen a blockbuster yet. Uh, in fact, I, I'll go out and say we haven't seen a blockbuster yet. We have seen no. some trades that are going to change the face of franchises. Uh, we'll talk about the Hagel trade in a bit. We'll talk about the Lindholm trade in a bit. Um, there's always the potential for that flurry trade to I'm not sure where. Um, and Washington. then there's the injury bug. Uh Aaron Ekblad has been injured just before the playoffs for the Florida Panthers. Again, uh, the Arizona Coyotes are making news for the wrong reasons. Again. And we need a whole show just for that. We could do a whole show on just the Coyotes and yes, man, would it be embarrassing for the Coyotes? Um, we've got some talk about the Oilers. Uh, we, we set up the question last week and I looked into it and I found the question even more interesting than I expected it to. Even before you get into the undisclosed or Soto Voco uh, kicker in the deal. What question what was, was that? What? What question was that? Oh, question. Brad Marchand for Connor McDavid. Which would impact their team more uh, more over two year period? Oh, we don't. Yeah, I've already. I I really hoped that we were going to discuss that question. I love the question, and the more I dived into it, the more I love the question because the more embarrassing it is for one player and not the other. So I see. I. We'll we'll go into that at some point, but um, Forsberg is here, Giroux is gone, and possibly the end of an era for the Golden Knights. Where do we start the show? No no idea, because everybody's going to want to talk trade and what's going on, and I'm still frustrated over the whole trade deadline thing. Uh, We've only got one injury, and the one injury is... This Aaron Ekblad thing, I know that he was hurt and went out, when, and now he's Well, now when he's the hurt. service first broke, it sounded like it was the end of his year. Like, he might be back for next year uh, at the start of camp. Um, he's been upgraded a couple of times. I still don't think we'll get a very clear answer until Monday or Tuesday, but uh, according to the four or five different stories that I've read, uh, because it, this guy has had just bad, bad luck. Okay. Uh, this one, it doesn't look like it's going to be huge. Um, one of the later stories, even the one we're using uh, off of uh, off of MSN set and uh, the Miami Herald says that it's not structural, and we expect it to. Uh, we we don't expect it to um, to be super long term. So I think at worst he'll be back just before the playoffs. 
it sounds like a playoff thing. I mean, it, whenever somebody gets injured it, it, to this extent, it, it, it becomes a worry. The Panthers, and, and I think it's funny that in the article it says that the Panthers have the luxury of a cushion. It's a two-point cushion over the Carolina Hurricanes. Two-point cushion. But it's a luxury that they have a two-point cushion. And losing and losing a Norris Trophy candidate level defenseman like Aaron Eckblad, it's okay when you have a two point cushion. In the article, all it kept saying, all it kept doing is talking about how this isn't last year. It's not last year. He's going to be okay. I really do hope he's okay, and I hope it's not something that keeps him out. He did miss the playoffs last year. Yeah, I think that had he been there, they might have stuck around a little bit longer. Uh, absolutely. I he's I think he was slower hitting his peak than some players, but I also think that peak has been higher than I was willing to a, believe in this first three seasons. Is it a Florida Panthers thing? Because Jonathan Huberdeau has the same issue. It took him like, I don't know, Forever. ages to get it, to I mean now he's now he's ridiculous points producer and two hundred foot player. I think he was always good offensively. I think he added to his game, but what he's done over the last couple of seasons is just like, okay, it's, we saw this before with Dustin with with, with Dustin Brown. <laughs> Although it, Dustin did it in his thirties, and <laughs> you know, in some cases, I think part of it is just bringing in other hungry players who want to be there. Like in the last couple of years, they brought in Anthony DeClaire. Who we both yeah. kind of like. Who we both kind um, of are mad at Sweeney for not grabbing. Uh, you know, Barkov <laughs> has shown up and shown out. Uh, Joe Thornton is there, still chasing, still chasing his cup. Um, yeah. And you've added different elements to the team when they, when Ekblad and Huberto arrive there. You basically had a squishy team of fairly young players and guys who were basically AHL players. Eckblad and Huberto. Um, now you've got else. now you've got a good mix. I, I mean, Mackenzie Wegar, he's probably not going to the Hall of Fame, but he's an NHL player. Um, they've added Brandon Montour. They've added Radko Gudis. Uh, Carter Verhage. Scott Everhage is a player who opened my eyes last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Patrick Hornquist. Is he again? He's not going to the Hall of Fame, but he's a guy who knows who knows when to show up. Uh, Nolachari is another guy. You know, he's he's probably never playing in an All Star game. They did trade local boy and fan favorite Frankie Vitrano though. They traded Frank Vitrano, and the world is a sadder place. It is. It is. Oh, I would be inclined to agree. Um, but so, you got those guys like Nolachari and Frank Vitrano, who are absolutely hungry to be in the NHL every single shift. Even Anthony DeClaire, every single shift. You you can't be a competitive player and not be pushed upwards by having those that that additional hunger around you. It just it doesn't matter. 
it doesn't even it's not even just a sports thing. If you're if you're good at your job and you have a competing team uh, at your at your office or you're just doing trivia and you know that your teammates are hungry and want to win, too, you do better. It's not it's just human behavior. It's the way we're wired and they're making it work. They're making it work. They're not crazy over the cap either. No, they, they've got a good relationship with the cap at this point, um, which is somewhat surprising given how many players are fairly near the top of the league uh, on that team. I mean, Huberto is exactly four points behind McDavid um, and tied with uh, Dreisaitl for, for the points lead, mm-hmm. something I'm sure I have not heard on the news all year. Um, what, I mean, somebody might be as good as Connor McDavid. Mm-hmm. Never, oh, ever, ever imply anything as crazy as that. Would you like implying 10 years ago that there might be someone in the league as good as Sidney Crosby? His own teammates. History repeats itself. There you go. And Barkov, you know, Barkov and Reinhardt are at 60 and 62 points each. And guess what? They're right around the league. Uh, that's right around a point per game. Yeah. Um, Declare 47 points. Uh, Anton Lundell, even Sam Bennett, who is definitely having a down year, still contributing. Uh, you look at their goaltenders, that is probably their biggest worry, except that Bobrovsky is having, he has a 917 save percentage this year, which is one of his better showings in quite some time. He does. And you, I don't know. It, I know that it was all it was all the rage bringing up, you know, young goaltenders, you know, the the Bruins with Swayman, the Panthers did it with with uh, Spencer Knight. I think Spencer Knight could use a little bit of seasoning. I'm not saying that he's bad. Don't know anybody no, jumped down my I, throat. But if you look at the four NHL games he had last year and the Two playoff games, okay, his numbers are are elevated. But this year, he's come back down to earth. He's played in 23 games. He's got a 2.88 goals against. He's only got a 906 save percentage. I think he could have used a little bit of seasoning. And they need Bobrovsky to take possession of the net so that Spencer Knight can get that seasoning without being the guy. Yeah, I mean, he Spencer Knight should probably should realistically play no more than six more games in the regular season. This season and Bobrovsky should be playing the rest. I can see that. Yeah, makes sense Uh, to me. Maybe as many as eight. Depending on, you know, what the schedule actually looks like and we just, just don't have time to break it down. And I would I would give Bobrovsky the two I would give Bobrovsky the final regular season game, but I would give him off the two before that. Because you want him to play before that big gap. Uh, I think it's a week, almost a week off before between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs. Just let him go out and 
hit full stride in a game and go into the break uh, that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think, I, as I said, I don't think we're going to see what's up with Ekblad until Monday or Tuesday. They've been very hush-hush about what it is. They've said what it isn't. Is it the is it a dreaded LBI? It's definitely a dreaded LBI, and it's just according to the other articles I've seen, it's not structural, which means that there's no broken bones. I think um, it could be really, really bad bruises. You know, just high ankle, high ankle sprain could be a knee sprain. Could be high it, it, now you're getting into now you're getting into uh, what's the word I'm looking for you. When you're guessing and and speculating, that's the word. I, I don't want to speculate on what it is. It sounds serious enough that he's going to be out for a length of time. I wish him a speedy recovery. I know we wish him a speedy recovery. This is because a guy I who's. See, I want to see the Panthers go deep in the playoffs. Like I, even if the Boston Bruins pull in a two C and a number one right wing who's going to produce better than the Brusk has. In the past couple of weeks, I still don't see them winning. Um, and I tweeted out as the back half of a tweet earlier this week: Should the Boston Bruins bring in a veteran goaltender for the playoff run? Goaltender? Yes. Okay. How many playoff games do Swayman and Olmark have between them? Well, let's see. Swayman Not has even- Swayman has zero. I, I believe that's the number, yeah. Olmark might have a handful at the most. I don't even know if that's part. He might not have any either. Yeah, and that's. I mean, it, it, seriously, you think he's in Buffalo, and I don't think that they've been in the playoffs in his time in, in Buffalo. Playoffs, so certainly in his time. So I'm thinking it's a zero and zero, and. Uh, Unless he's had minor league play, unless there have been minor no, league playoff no, games, no. but at the NHL level, I think it's zero and zero. And well, that's not a gro- a big topic for discussion. Could probably get Greg Anderson really, really cheap. <laughs> just no, just in case something happens. Um, I'm certainly not saying hand him the net. Um, Jeremy Swayman has won, and he played a full 18 minutes, or 18.34. And yes, that means he didn't do very well. Linus Linus Olmark has zero NHL playoff games. Yeah. Yeah. He has nine, 14, 16, 21, 23, 20. He has 25 playoff games in other leagues. Don't care. (laughs) But it would be a big fat goose egg as far as as far as NHL playoffs go. Yeah, there are zero NHL wins in the playoffs between uh, Olmark and Swayman. Now, do you seriously think? And somehow we digressed here, but I'm going to ask the question now while I got the chance. Do you seriously think that Sweeney is is going to make any type of move to bring in a veteran goaltender? He already did that once this season, and we saw how well it went. That's not an answer to the question, but okay. It is an answer. It's just not a direct answer. 
Ah. I think the answer is no, although... I don't see it happening. Although... Mm -hmm. If, 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 and yes, it's a big... That's a very big two-letter word. Who are you trading the buffalo for Craig Anderson? Um, who would you be person? I, I I will actually turn that around. Mm-hmm. You trade the Buffalo to get them to throw in Craig Anderson as part of the trade. Who else does Buffalo have that you want? And don't say Skinner, because no. Skinner is a right wing. Just no. Well, They're actually, also- no, he's no, he's a left wing. Um, so you're you're saved. Actually, there is a guy who I think that you could learn to like in a hurry. Um, well, they got rid of the they got rid of one guy. They got rid of the one guy I like, but and I mentioned him about three weeks ago. He went to Philly. You Tage still Thompson. want you still got this thing for Tage Thompson. I don't understand why. Twenty five goals this season on this team. Thing. On he's got hey. 25 goals this season as a jump from uh, uh, on the Buffalo uh, Sabers. Originally a right wing, he's been playing uh, some. I think he's actually been playing center there. And do you think you can try? Right... Now, if you could get them to throw Craig Anderson in on a deal and get this kid at 25, he's got another year of term left on his contract. So I'm okay with that. With who? No, I, I'm looking at your Tage Thompson. He's got another he's year of term. He's 24. Uh, he was born October 30th of 1997. Oh, on the raw. Well, he started the year at 23. I can't, <laughs> Hockey, DB, Hockey DB does it. It does the math that way until you actually pull up the profile. But still. Okay. So. Yes, he's got 25, 25 goals, 20 assists. He's a minus 14, but that's a team number. It, 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 everybody on that team is telling me. Yes. Only 27 penalty minutes. 6-6. Six, six, I mean, you're trying to get another Kirby. We're going to get another Kirby Doc here. He's huge. Um, okay, so if we get this kid and we can get them to throw Craig Anderson in, are we trading them? Uh, is, is this the DeBrusque deal? And it still doesn't solve the two. It still doesn't solve the two C problem. It does not solve the two C problem. It gets us the number one right wing though, and someone who's actually bigger than Bergeron for the top six. (laughs) (laughs) Something I've only been talking about for like a decade. Just because you're big doesn't mean you're skilled. But he is effective. He jumped (laughs) from eight goals last season. To 25 this year. Hmm. His last semi-full season, the 18-19 season, he had 12 points in 65 games. This year, in 58 games, he's got 45. He is literally more than three times as effective this year, almost four times as effective. And why did the Blues get rid of him? He was part of the trade for um, Ryan O'Reilly. Ah, okay. In fact, it's pretty safe to say he was the centerpiece. I'm guessing if the, I mean, it took a few years to get there. And he's from but, Phoenix, Arizona. 
where there were no coyotes. <laughs> He's from Phoenix, Arizona. Or at Arizona. least no coyotes that have a home. He's from Phoenix, Arizona. And you could, so you could, I, I guess you could ask him about how good it is to play in Phoenix, too. Yeah. Kind of like Austin Matthews. Yes, instead of addressing what a 5,000-seat arena or smaller oh, is. Good. I can't wait to dive into that. I can't wait. So, as we all know, uh, the Arizona Coyotes, um, sometime around when they uh, when they were acquired by current ownership, mysteriously around the city, uh, particularly between the arena and city offices, these red orbs that stick to people's faces started appearing uh, in droves, fall, uh, just falling to the ground anytime ownership or management appeared. Um, and these enormous footprints were there too. Um, signs of this like white face covering were seen all over like eating utensils and cups uh, anywhere those folks had been too. And the show goes on because yes, yes, yes. Yes. They still don't have a new arena. It's not going to be discussed until next month. Uh, as far as a permanent building, <laughs> the NHLPA was in the building for the discussions about the marvelous future three years in a row, three years in the future or more, uh, where the, Vagabond Dogs will be playing in a marvelous, sleek new arena that will be the envy of the league. But for oh, now. Yes. For oh, now. yes. In Tempe, state-of-the-art, buzzing district of restaurants and shops and, and you know, beautiful surrounding area, surrounding the surrounding area, high-end technology, but it yet to be approved until, and, and yeah, yet to be approved. Okay, just for comparison's sake, last week there were there was a state a state high school hockey tournament in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They were using the arena that the Minnesota Wild regularly filled. And guess what they the were Excel doing Center? for high school hockey? They were filling it. Well, it's eighteen thousand or so seats. It's Minnesota. Eighteen thousand or so seats for high school. It's like football in Texas, hockey in Minnesota. Thousand or so seats. Yes. High school yeah. hockey. I believe that's the XL Center that they play in. The arena. The arena that the Coyotes would be playing in as soon as it's approved by mm-hmm. the maybe. 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 No. I was. Uh, um, Four thousand seats. No, no, that's the call. That's the. That's the. Oh, I'm sorry. 5, Arizona 000. State. Arizona State is five thousand seats. Yes, and that's the that's the arena that they would be playing in for three years. Yes, until theirs is built. Which is the smallest arena since before World War II in the in the NHL. Before World. War two. What does that mean? It means that there are players in the NHL right now whose grandparents 
were born when that when that barn went away, or were born after that barn went away. Because it was the Pittsburgh Quakers playing in that arena. A team whose name I've heard mentioned possibly three times in my life, or run across an article uh, maybe five times. 1931. My oldest relation at this point is 90 years old. She was not yet born. She was born after that arena was vacated. I mean, I'm all for old school hockey. But at this point, we might as well put leather pads back on the goaltenders. Um... And, you know, have the guys smoking in the locker room between between uh, between periods. But as we as we brought up in other episodes, this is this is all this all comes down to ownership and their dysfunction, lackluster dysfunction is a good word. They use it in in the article, actually. And by the way, Katie Strang and Sean Shapiro wrote this article for The Athletic. Thank you, Katie and Sean. Very, very, very good in-depth article here. $1.7 billion plan yet to be approved. But Gutierrez and the ownership are in this predicament because they don't pay their bills. They're on a payment. The Gila River Arena put them on a payment plan because they couldn't pay their bills. You know who ends up on payment plans? People who won't pay their cell phone bills. For like a hundred bucks a month. The we're not billionaires. The financials of this make no sense because you you building a huge stadium arena complex, but yet in order to get to that point, you have to pay twenty million dollars to add on fifty a uh, fifteen thousand square foot annex to the ASU stadium so that you can have locker rooms that meet NHL specifications. You so you're you're paying 20 million for a 3 years a 3 year time period and then you're moving into your place which isn't approved yet and I'm going to keep saying that because I don't know if it's going to get approved. You don't pay your bills on time which is a problem. And that's why you can't get anybody to back you. And it's also leading into issues with things like naming rights. Well, the fact that the plan isn't approved yet, you can't go after get naming rights. So there's three or four million dollars a year, a, a season that you could be collecting in money. Five thousand seats is don't have priority in your own barn as an NHL team. A the, AS, the Arizona State hockey team takes priority in scheduling in this case. So that means lack of weekend games, which are, you know, easier to sell out. It means when the playoffs come for uh, for college hockey, which is right about now, just as you're getting to the trade deadline, uh, just as you're getting to, you know, normally, I mean, it's March. Normally, you're right at the – this is normally right when the playoff push is coming. You've got eight or ten games left, and now you're going to take back seat to a college team. 
You're going to take back seat to a bunch of guys whose highest achievement might be playing in regular season college hockey games in a state that has only produced maybe 10 NHL players. Oh, but as but we discussed, Cage Thompson, Thompson, Austin Matthews, you know, ask them. They'll tell you how great it is. In, in, in and the two of them are really good players. Yes. But here's the thing. We didn't even get into the practice facilities. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> all that is way less relevant. Not really. Because he the players. Here's, here's the question that Katie and I sorry, I forgot his name. Didn't Shapiro. Ask. Shapiro did not ask. One, with the way inflation is shooting up at the moment, mm-hmm. with the reputation of the current Coyotes ownership, mm-hmm. and the need to get a, another city's approval to to uh, pay up $200 million or more uh, for the arena location, how much... How much more expensive is this arena going to be in reality by the time it's built? How much and is the Gutierrez group going is actually going to be able to pay for it and retain ownership of the team that long? Uh, is it? Know. No, I, it, it's, I, it, it's not feasible. I mean, it, you, you figure Every time they shake their – every time they move their head, a red nose falls to the ground. Yes, this is true. And your pal Gary Bettman is probably leading the charge because Look, the it, NHL commissioner Gary Bettman claimed that the Coyotes could potentially generate more revenue at Arizona State as compared to the Gila River Arena. And while we're indulging in time machines that take us back to 1931, we might as well go back to like the 70s and visit the Gong Show where that one belongs, <laughs> because that's just the silliest thing I have seen in a long time. When now I know. Look, we know that they sell tickets for five bucks in the current arena. I know that. You know that. It, it costs it costs them more to char uh, to process the charge card for the ticket than they make off of it. But mm-hmm. if you can't sell if you can't sell enough why would I want to pay even as a major hockey fan even if I am legitimately intent on seeing games in all 32 NHL or in this case 31 and a half NHL cities going to pay 100 bucks or 300 bucks to have a seat in a college arena where a night before or a night after I could pay what eight bucks for that and get free popcorn for the same price. Okay. Why? <laughs> well, according to Brad Marsh and the only way they get 5,000 fans at their games now is if they give 4,500 tickets away for free. <laughs> so it wouldn't change much. You know, love him or hate him, <laughs> I love probably not wrong. No, he's probably not. You know, Brad, Brad Marchand is brash. Brad Marchand is odd. Brad Marchand is extremely assertive on ice. Brad Marchand takes risks. But nobody actually thinks he's stupid. So wait, 
just to tie all these numbers up in a bow, according to a league source, the average NHL team makes 2.3 million in fan-driven revenue. That's tickets, parking, food, and beverage merchandise sales per game. Per game, 2.3 million. That seems a little high. Wow. Okay. The Coyotes in Glendale <clears throat> make less than nine hundred thousand dollars. A number they'll likely struggle to reach at ASU. So you're saying they're already under 50% of the league average. They're, they're, they're more than 50% lower than league average, yes. And <laughs> they're going to go play in a 5,000-seat arena. They're going to go play in an arena that's barely bigger than the city skating rink that I skated. That was the last place that I skated at age 11. And now you've hit on the practice facilities. And now you. <laughs> oh, look, look, the Bruins played in the Restucia or practiced in the Restucia Arena, which I, I don't even think sat 2,500 people for years. Yes, yes, yes. And, I, it, they did. And they upgraded. But they have uh, – that place was – that place is – That place was traditional. It, it had been – the, the team had been there for 25 years. Yes. So and this place called the Ice Den in Scottsdale, the team's full-time practice facility, standard community rink, three ice surfaces, <clears throat> little by way of NHL caliber. They're trying to renovate office space so they can convert it to amenities for the players to work out, shower change, medicals. Uh, trailers have been discussed as a temporary solution. My favorite thing here is for shuttling to and from the ice den rink, which is separated by a 100 to 150 yard walk. One option being explored is a rubberized mat that allows players to cross the parking lot in full gear and skate guards. Golf okay. carts could also be used. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> okay, let's let's address. Oh. Let's address the Tyson, the uh, the T Rex in the bathroom with us. Okay. A hundred and fifty feet in full gear. Yards, yards, yards. yards. One hundred fifty yards. Um, just refresh my memory. Length of a little bit, length of a football field and a half. Second. Plus, yes. Um, outside. After being inside in full hockey gear, um, to get to the ice rink. To get to the ice rink, what uh, what climate is Arizona? And my understanding, it's a little warm out there. Um, so times of year other than um, maybe the last three weeks, last two weeks of December and the first two weeks of January. Um, what's it going to be like outside? Probably warm. So you're going to ask players who have been skating their butts off for 45 minutes of practice in a, I don't know, 45, 55 degree arena to slap the skate guards on and go chugging across a parking lot. On rubberized mats. On rubberized mats <laughs> in 80 plus degree weather. Sure. They could use golf carts. It says right. Oh, here. they could golf use golf carts. It says That's golf better. carts could also be used. So they they could have golf carts. Um, you think <laughs> possibly this might have adverse effects on the health and safety of the players? Because I don't know what happens if it's one of those and it doesn't rain as much there as it does other places. But rubber mat plus skate guards plus hurrying players. 
Well, in the dry heat, the rubber mats are going to dry and crack and probably need to be replaced like six times in two years or three years. Yeah. Um, said, wow. one coyote, said one Coyotes player, every other team in the league will be laughing when they visit us. Well, the yep. great part for the team is that when it comes uh, for the next three years, when it comes time to trade people, getting them to waive their no trade clauses. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to trade you anywhere. OK, done. <laughs> uh, this year, the revenue sharing pot should be close to 300 million, according to NHL financial executive who ran the finances under the current CBA. In a typical season, roughly half of the teams in the league are on the receiving end of the revenue-sharing agreement, which typically runs from as little as $2 million to the $30 million the Coyotes received. The Coyotes got $30 million in revenue-sharing. That's, that's um, and yet, half of the floor. And yet they can't pay their bills or refuse to pay their bills. I don't know. Um, it's refused. I'm sure it is. I mean, uh, allegedly refuse. Oh, oh, and then there's then there's the whole <clears throat> another way to make money at at what are those things that they circle the build inside the building? You know, the usually the 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 wealthier people sit in them. Boxes, yeah. Ah, luxury suites, yes. <clears throat> One one NHL team president told the Athletic his team makes twenty five million dollars in revenue per season on suites in a typical non COVID season. Most NHL arenas have close to a hundred suites. Arizona State University has twenty. <laughs> yes. And I personally am going to fork over like sixty grand to be able to go see forty one games in in an in a five thousand seat arena. For one of those 20 luxury boxes oh. to see an awesome team. And Gutierrez does have a plan, though. Does have a oh, plan. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear it. So asked in a recent interview about how the Coyotes plan to offset the revenue decline, Gutierrez, the owner, Xavier Gutierrez, said the team will explore other branded content and fan activation opportunities. He floated foam fingers and howl towels as possibilities. He's going to sell more foam fingers and howl towels. Welcome I'm to guessing that's supposed to be like terrible towels in Pittsburgh Steeler territory or something. I, this is this is sad. I, I know I'm laughing and I'm chuckling because it's. So sad that I have to let you've got players making fun of them with Brad. You've got other owners saying it's it's a joke. And it all stems from the fact that, oh, and here it is. The Coyotes were also put in a $50,000 per month payment plan in October to settle outstanding accounts. Oh, it wasn't with Gila Arena. It was with the city of Tucson for back rent on the Tucson Convention Center where their AHL team plays. So they're not paying their rent in two cities, and a third city is going <laughs> to cough up two hundred plus million to help them buy seven new wheel. 
Well, that's that that seems to be what's that seems to be why it's not a done deal that Tempe is going to approve this plan. Okay, because they have issues with you know they recognize that there are issues with paying back you know. So I think you know what I think the two of us should just hold our breath until the team gets a new arena. I mean, don't tell your life insurance company that that's what you're doing. Make sure that you've got uh, your designee on there because, yeah, no. And on that note, we're done with this because I just can't. It's it's sad, is what it is. I, I like I said, I know I'm laughing, but it is. It's sad that it, a franchise has fallen this far, and unfortunately for the NHL your commissioner has to take some of the blame for this because he insists on having a team in the desert. It's not even about the desert. It's about no. fail. It's about failure to get to find owners, owners who are committed to building winning teams and actually understand marketing. They could have had Mark Cuban a decade and a half ago as one of the leader, as one of the uh, owners in the league. He was interested in buying the Pittsburgh Penguins and now John Henry owns them. Yay. The possibility of relocation is often floated with Houston and Quebec City, the usual locales discussed. But, okay. at the, but at the All-Star game last month, Batman was asked how long he'd be willing to wait to see the Coyotes thrive before deciding to consider other homes for the club. He scoffed, bringing up one of the NHL's biggest stars, homegrown Arizona talent. He's done very well at all levels since the Coyotes were there, he said. Just ask Austin Matthews. But... And Austin doesn't play in Arizona. He plays in Toronto. And the announced attendance at their last game was 17,351. So Bettman is unfortunately, whether likes it or not, he's at the center of this or at close to it. Yes, it's Gutierrez and ownership's fault for not paying bills and screwing themselves and the towns that they're playing in. But. Bettman's refusal to act is a problem as well. Well, it's not just Bettman, it's the other owners. I mean, they're laughing at him, but they're also paying him to keep screwing up and costing them money. I mean, that's what that's what revenue sharing is. It's some teams paying the other teams to stay in business. Well, that's why they're getting thirty million dollars where some teams are only getting two. I, That's sad. And yes, we're done with it. Okay, so let's talk some of these interesting trades. Do we want to start with the first one, or do you want to start with the most recent one? Because I, I'm honestly, I actually want to start with the one I'm most interested in. Okay, let's start there. Now, Ordinarily, you know, trades happen and most of the time people will say, oh, it's too soon to tell or whichever side got the best player won the trade. We put yeah. a, I put out a tweet on the Brandon Hagel to Arizona for Brandon Hagel didn't go to Arizona. He went. I to, mean, sorry, to Tampa Bay Lightning. Got coyotes on the brain. Yeah, I know. Uh, so Brandon <laughs> Hagel. Happened. And two fourth-round picks in 2022 and 2024 went to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, and 
Taylor Radish, <laughs> Boris Kuchuk, um, and two first round picks that are that are protected to be top ten went to Chicago for twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. The there are two really fascinating things about this story. And the first one is of course that somehow somehow mm-hmm. somehow somehow the Tampa Bay Lightning managed to add the best player in the trade. Yes. And decrease their cap hit by just under seventeen thousand mm-hmm. dollars. They decreased their cap hit. By adding a player. Yes. Um, kudos. And we talked about Brandon Hagel a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, as a target for the Bruins, not for the Brian Lightning. Uh, I <laughs> I saw him when Boston played Chicago. Uh-huh. I've seen him in a couple of other games. He had 21-16. He was 21-16 and 37 and 55 games for uh, for Chicago this year, and that's up from 9-15 and uh, 24 and 52 games last year. So 30% more effective overall, and more than twice as many goals. Um, that's that's worth talking about. Yes. Now. The tw- the Twitter poll, absolutely bananas. Mm-hmm. Bananas. I'm really fascinated by the Brandon Hagel trade. Him and two fours to Tampa Bay Lightning with a two for two protected first, two prospects. Who do you think won this trade? More than 85 votes. And I'm not necessarily sure I agree with this. That's the thing I find fascinating. Do you agree with this? It, it, let me read it. Let me read the results. 24.7 to 75.3 with 75, more than 75% of voters convinced that the Chicago Blackhawks won this trade. I asked for people from Chicago or Blackhawks fans or Tampa fans, whichever, however you voted, to tell me why. I didn't get really any solid responses. Um, whole, I don't know. Like, okay, if you're getting, if those two top 10 picks turn into really strong talent, Chicago wins long-term because the two players that they got, meh. But. Yes. The Tampa Bay Lightning are a wagon. They've added a really solid young player who went, who went from knowing he wasn't making the playoffs to part of a three-peat, potentially part of a three-peat in the course of one trade, one phone call, and he finds out he's going to Florida and He's going to get to play with Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman and, you know, occasionally that guy who's currently injured. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't but understand. But 75 percent think Chicago won. No, 
You just traded away again. Hegel is how old? Twenties. Young. Young. I mean, we're talking about you. Kane and Taze are not going to be playing a whole hell of a lot longer. At least I don't think so. You've got Kirby Doc. You've got Brandon Alexander Debrinkit. Twenty-three years old. Alex, you've got Debrinkit, Kirby Doc. You got uh, Dylan Strom's twenty-five. Kuba uh, Leak is twenty-six. Uh, shouldn't you be trying to keep together the top-tier talent, the young top-tier talent, and building around them? If you're going to rebuild and it's going to take three, four years to strip down, I can understand the excitement over two potential top ten picks. Who the two that they the the two picks that they're getting? Yeah, but you don't know who those players are going to be. Exactly, and the two kids that they got. You still need to finish the stripping down. And the two prospects that they got were. Second round picks, I believe. They were originally they were second round picks. They by were originally the second round picks, who were effectively traded for fourth round picks. Um, yeah. Uh, but just just for the sake of discussion, until you get rid of at least three out of these out of these five or so of Kane, DeBrinket, Jones, Strom. And Taze, you're not going to get, you're not going to be earning or you're not going to suck badly enough to be getting top five picks of your own. Now, there's the rumor that Kane will be gone over the summer. Really? And he's at 60, he's at 69 points in 58 games for them this year. And gone. At that, at playing at that level, I, I I'm surprised, but okay. And the, the new GM has said it's going to be a complete rebuild. Okay. Oh, so and gone as far as he's not retiring, but gone no, as far as he's going elsewhere. somewhere else. Okay. And he's 32 or so. Seth Jones is 26. I think they should be keeping him, but they probably won't. Um, Jonathan Taze is 33. Um, he'll actually be, I think he'll, he turns 34 in about a month. Um, I think he'll be gone. And you're probably going to move on from one or two others, uh, who people think of as their core at the moment. Um, there were all sorts of rumors about Marc-Andre Fleury potentially going to Minnesota earlier this year. Washington. Uh, Washington was another one. At the deadline, so... I don't the Chicago Blackhawks Jersey sales uh, numbers are going to look a little bit different next year, but those two draft picks they're I have seen until they're made and until those guys hit the NHL or until they're flipped for actual roster players, they're vaporware on the ice. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning have currently won the trade. Yes. Yes. I completely I yeah. I, 
I don't think yeah, that there isn't I much room. Either side of this, I don't think either side came out badly because you can't get two first round picks that are top tens and not have at least some ability to improve your team. But none of them are this year. They have Chicago for all the this year's draft is all that great. I know that. Um, but my point is that they have four second round picks this year, which is fine if you're going to stash them all in the minors. And I mean, if you're if you look uh, looking forward in the 2023 draft right now, they have all of their own picks plus the two Tampa picks uh, in the first and the second round. You mm-hmm. don't even remember where the second pick came from. And then they have in 2024, they have that second pick, uh, that lightning pick, plus all of their own except for their fourth round pick. Um, They're in position to do something good, particularly if they move two or three more of their big names, because Debrinkit is still going to pull in a nice haul. He's 24 years old, the 6.4 on... Is uh, on his current contract isn't terrible. He's at 55 points in 62 games with 34 goals. Someone is going to buy. But the problem is the only players on this team that anybody are going to want. I mean, the knock on the guys they have available who are not named Seth Jones is that they're all <laughs> small or old. <laughs> Seth Jones. I mean, to bring it is what is that? The death end of the universe. Is that what you usually say? Uh, the heat death of the universe. Heat death of the universe. Thank you. Yes. So that's yeah. Twenty. His contract ends in the twenty after the twenty nine thirty season for Seth Jones. So I don't know that they're going to be trading him anytime soon. Especially, and he's still only twenty seven. He could. He's your number one D. You know, you got Calvin DeHaan, but he's done at the end of the year. I mean, Dylan Strom, you can probably still move, although he his contract expires at the end of the year. Um, if he, he's an RFA with arbitration rights. Yeah, his numbers are only okay this year, mm-hmm. um, but they've only effectively been okay his whole career. Yes. Uh, 51 points is his high is his career high back in the 1819s. No, I'm sorry. 57 points in 68 uh, 78 games uh back in the 1819 season. Um this year he's got 16 goals, 17 assists and 33 points in 49 games, which on the plus side is twice what he paid what he did last year. But still eh. There's just not a whole lot on this team that I have a lot of interest in, unless it's the young guys. And I mean, yes, you could, you'd have to eat a lot of Patrick's salary for me to take Kane on. I like Patrick Kane. No, Patrick Kane is going to keep playing at that level for another two years. He's he's easily in the same he's easily in the same level of fitness as Ovechkin without the physicality. And he doesn't. He still doesn't get hit much. He's not he's the type year, of guy. Got gets, one more year left on the deal at ten and a half. Is 
I don't think any team is going to have to eat half of it. I don't think the Chicago Blackhawks are going to have to eat half of his salary to get him gone unless they want to in they order to are. stay above the cap floor. They are at the deadline, though. No way, no way you can make enough of a trade to take on $10.5 million in salary. Depends well, you don't on have to take, Actually, you don't have to take on 10 and a half. I keep screwing that up. You don't have to take on 10.5 million. It's prorated to what's left of the season, right? Yes, it is. Then you have to worry about next year or next year. Yes, uh, or at least no, that summer. I understand. That I understand, but at least you can plan for that. But as far as taking him on now, okay. The only, the only thing being that he is strictly a right wing. There's no, he's not he's a center. A right he's wing not. who makes his own plays. I mean, he's he's arguably the best American-born uh, player today. I agree. Uh, particularly given how good he is in the playoffs. Um, a predicted trade happened effectively when I said it would. Uh-huh. Claude Giroux is, after a thousand games, no longer a Philadelphia Flyer. I think everybody predicted that the trade was going to happen. I don't know that Florida was the destination. Well, According to everything I heard around the time of the trade, he told the Flyers, there's only one team I'm waving my no trade clause for, and that's the Florida Panthers. And the Florida yeah. Panthers didn't have to give up much to get him. No. This is very reminiscent of that deal is just Taylor Hall trade. Uh-huh. And you know what? I think this might actually be good for teams. What, for players to dictate where they're going to go? Yes, because think about it as the buyer. If you win, if you win a cup with that person, okay, most most sins are forgiven. And if you're mortgaging the future, who cares? You're getting your parade. But if you fail, eh. But as... As the buyer, I get it. As the seller, it, but you're, you're going the to be a buyer. That, as the team that Claude Giroux played a thousand games his whole career for, and sold, and probably sold half a billion dollars in merchandise. Well, for maybe small exaggeration, but do you genuinely think that there and, weren't people who bought enough jerseys, T-shirts, and tickets just to see Claude? To cover his entire salary in his in his tenure. Um, yes, but now you but it handcuffs the sellers because now the team buying knows that he's only coming to them, so they can water down the offer, and then the selling team, the team that he played for, that he played his heart out for, that he sold jerseys for. He's raking. He's taking them over the coals because they don't have to trade them. They don't want to. Right. So it's either a you don't trade them or b you get less than what you can expect because you got this other team that might be offering you know say two first and and it's an exaggeration I know but another team offers two first round picks and a top prospect and a this and that and it's way more than the team that he wants to go to but. 
he won't go there. So we can't take that deal. You're missing. You're missing the point, though. Those teams are going to be buyers way more often than they're going to be sellers. Which means you might pull off six or seven deals at paying way too much. Or you might pull off, you might sell off six or seven play. You might pull off or you might sell off a couple of players every two or three years uh, and have more return than you paid or, or at least break even in terms of assets. Mm-hmm. With some of these mega trades, we're never the Boston Bruins are never breaking even on the Rick Nash trade. <laughs> well, duh. The the Bruins are never breaking even on on uh, what was his name? Um, there's a lot of trades, the big blockbuster trades that most mm-hmm. teams never break even on. And quite frankly, given what we know of Owen Tippett. I don't know that Philadelphia lost this trade. Was he playing in the AHL this year? Yes. But you're talking about the Florida Panthers. They've been one of the best teams in the league for a year and a half. And it's better to get him some a lot of minutes than to get him no minutes. Um, Connor, uh, let's see. Traded with Connor Bowman and German Rubstoff and a fifth-round pick uh, in the 2020— Four draft uh, to the Florida Panthers for Owen Tippett, a third round pick in the 2023 draft, and a first round pick in the 2024 draft. Effectively, you still got two first round picks for a 34 year old um, who you who's going to be a rental. Are you sure? He's going to be a rental unless he wants to take a big pay cut because. I'm not sure the Florida Panthers are going to have a cap space to re-sign him at uh, what he's making right now. Right, but all these low 30-year-old players that are on their second to last or last year of their deals are all going to be taking pay cuts because, A, they're not getting any younger, but the league is. And while their talent is still high level, it's not necessarily top notch. There are a couple of exceptions, obviously. I mean, Patrick Kane is making ten and a half this year and next year. His next contract, he's not making ten and a half million a year or more. He's making less. Is he? At thirty-four years old, I don't. He's not getting if another he's still year. Still producing. Why should he take less money? He, he. I'm not saying he should take less money. I'm saying he's not going to get offered more than that. <clears throat> Who's going to offer him at thirty-four years old ten and a half per? I mean, he's up against the 30, he's up bring, against the thirty-five plus rule. Somebody wants to bring in uh, Stanley Cup winning experience. Somebody wants to bring in uh, a solo producer. Somebody wants to sell a butt ton of jerseys. Uh, ah, there it is, selling the jerseys, selling the merch. Hey, the merch pay, the, the merch keeps the lights on. I understand that. Um, but is it worth it to give somebody who's not necessarily in their prime anymore. Prime time money, just to sell. You don't have to sign five, You don't have to sign him to a five-year contract at ten and a half million, but you could still sign him to another two-year contract. No, at they probably million. wouldn't. Like I said, he's up against the thirty-five plus rule, so you can still sign him shorter-term contracts for whatever you like. 
Yeah. Whatever you can get him to agree to. Because guess what? Once the situation in Europe calms down, mm-hmm. he can go play there and make at least as much money. And probably win a couple of titles almost by himself. I mean, look at the look at the UFAs on the team in Florida. They've got uh, Marchant, uh, Marchment, Thornton, uh, Maxim Manim, Noah Jari, Claude Giroux up front. They've got uh, two defensemen who are going to need contracts. You've got Itu Loster, Losterinen. Um, who needs a contract? And they've got uh, a couple of injured play, a couple of players on injured reserve. You've got Ben Chirot, um, who's a UFA. They just—he's the guy they just traded for. Um, you've got uh, Ryan Lomberg and Jonas Johansson, who are still on, uh, who are still on the books. Okay. Uh, Marcus Nudevara. He's a UFA. I think they're going to want him back if he's healthy next season. There's a lot of money. I think, you know, it's entirely possible Claude Giroux ends up back in Philadelphia next season. It's a possibility. I don't have I haven't seen that happen very often where a team trades a player away and then he goes and signs back with them. I'm not, not for a couple of seconds. Never- I was going to say, I'm not saying it's never happened, but I haven't seen it. Perron has been, Perron, I think, is on his third tenure with the Blues. <laughs> yes, but he's left and then been traded back, or then they've traded for him. Or <laughs> Yes. Because um, the only place he plays well is in St. Louis. If you look at his numbers, the only place he plays well is St. Louis. <laughs> which is so weird. It is. I don't get it, but... It's just it's something it, – maybe it's a personal thing for him. He likes playing there, likes the people. I mean, whatever it is, but the best years in his career have all been in St. Louis. They move, Whenever he's gone somewhere else, free agency, whatever, not as good. It's very random. But So we got Hagel traded. We got Claude Giroux traded. If we had any, I mean, the first trade to the first trade that kind of started it all, and everybody thought it was going to set the market for what was going to be required for for deadline deals was Josh Manson going to the Colorado Avalanche, which is an interesting trade. Um, I can't I don't, say that I expected this trade to happen. Well, they've had, I mean, they got, you know, with Sam Gerrard being injured, it, it, it makes me wonder if Sam Gerrard isn't hurt more than first believed or just because, you know, they've already been without Bowen Byram and there was rumor that there was going to, they were going to trade Bowen Byram to the plane. I don't see anybody, I don't see them the trading. The trade was before, uh, I believe, the Gerrard injury. Bowen Byron, what the 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 trade rumors? That rumor, yes. Yeah, it, it's still. I, I didn't see. I don't see them trading a kid who's suffering from concussion issues, and and I mean, 
Colorado sounds like they they're really trying to take care of this kid to turn around and trade him. So I I never believed those rumors to begin with. But then with 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 uh, Gerard going down, it became necessary. I mean, and and Josh Manson's not not by any means an awful defenseman or a terrible defenseman or you know solid defenseman. Arizona Anaheim at one point was known for their defense. They had. And we're talking years ago, but they had Brandon Montour, Josh Manson, Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm. Uh, Sammy Vatanen was still there till he was traded to New Jersey or Philly and then they went to New Jersey. No, traded to New Jersey. Whatever. It, they had a solid defense there in Anaheim. And they had young kids like Shea Theodore. Oops. Vegas. Yeah. They, trick him out of that one. They've been moving defense out for a little while, and it's, again, all the assets they had, though. I mean, you weren't trading for a long time. You weren't trading Perry and Getzlaff, and then they were old enough that they weren't getting the return you would have for the younger guys. Um, so, and... It, but did he set a mark? Did he set the market? I don't know that he necessarily set the market because he's not. See, he, not the I, top. The market is. This is a different market than we see most years. The East has been set for seven, eight weeks, easily. I mean, you can almost look. The standings are almost identical to what they were Christmas Day. Everyone the knows in the East who's out. Bit, but. Everyone in the East knows who's out. Everyone in the East knows who's in. There's just jock- there's just jockeying for position, yeah. Even in the West, there's not been that much movement, and I don't expect that much more. Um, because there's only so much you can do to get um to get a to jump over teams at this late date in the season. So I, I, I mean, it, is it setting the market? Yeah, the, I don't think it's set any markets. I think that, like you said, the everything's pretty much uh, the, the playoff teams are the playoff teams, and you could get one surprise jumping in into like the second wild card spot or something like that. You know, battling till the end of the season. But for the most part, yes, playoffs are set. You know who the buyers are. You pretty much know who the sellers are. I mean, the only playoff spot that is still worth discussing is the second wild card in the West, and that means Dallas. Uh, that means Dallas needs to a buy and b perform, and they need to buy offense, which isn't necessarily easy. Um, and they probably need to buy defense too, which stretches the budget almost unimaginably. Um, and I think that we might uh, escape one of the discussion points we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, okay. But it's still fascinating. It's still fascinating to watch. Um, the other, the other defenseman to be traded. The one from another one from Anaheim. Another one from Anaheim. Oh yeah. Landed in Boston. And the two of us have slightly different positions on this trade. You just don't like it. 
Oh, I, 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 I don't just don't like it. I, it, I have reasons for not being wild about it. And my first problem is that until they're going to confirm that there is a, an extension, I really don't like it. My reason for not liking it actually has nothing to do with Hampus Lindholm. My reason for not liking it is that they still haven't addressed the elephant in the room. The Tukarask uh, and David Krejci returns that Don Sweeney promised us? <laughs> okay, A, I've never been worried about Tukarask. I was the one trying to trade him and have been for a long time, making people cry. And secondly, yeah, no, if if they're still waiting for Krejci to come back and by all accounts, you're still hearing from people that they are expecting Krejci to come back. I'm not sure which one is is slightly west of crazier, Gary Bettman or Don Sweeney. But I, I, I like Lindholm as a defenseman. As far as a move goes, you could pair him. Everybody that comes here, they want to pair him with McAvoy. Lindholm, oh, he'd be great with McAvoy. Mike Riley, oh, he'd have been great with McAvoy. Why are we pairing everybody with McAvoy? No, I see, I, my thing was Lindholm. Oh, God, I tweet. Just go ahead. I just, I, I. It's not that I don't like it. I don't like the fact that it's a rent. It's very expensive a lot for a rental. If it's just a rental, you're right. It's an absolute abject failure because I don't think this makes the team a Stanley Cup contender or a Stanley Cup lock. Um, or in order for them to win the Stanley Cup based off of this trade, mm-hmm. the Carolina Hurricanes, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Florida Panthers all need to fall on their swords. Uh, before <laughs> before the Bruins play any of them. Um, one of the one of the uh, one of the options that I came up with was pairing uh, Lindholm with Carlo, put Grizzly back with McAvoy, and then have Riley Clifton or maybe. Um, maybe Forbert Clifton, depending on who you're facing. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna. I think for, uh, they like Cassidy likes Forbert. I don't think Forbert's going anywhere. Well, I I suspect the third pairing is going to be a a platoon effort the rest of the the rest of this year, both the regular season and however long they last in the playoffs. So you're gonna have Riley Forbert or. And Clifton running through there, and maybe even Jack Akon or Sean. You know, you said prior to the show, and that you thought that there would be another move coming, and I still hope there is another move coming because I really would like to see them address the the elephant, T Rex, gorilla, whatever animal you prefer in the room, under the chair, and and around the corner, in the closet, out of the, and get that two C spot yeah, nailed down. Yeah, that's you see. Um, the 2C is pretty much something they've been lacking in development for a while. I mean, the way that Jack and Brick were talking about Studnika in the second-to-last game they played, mm-hmm. one, it's Jack and Brick, so I'm going to take their evaluation. But two, 
it's only one game, and he wasn't playing center. It's only one game, and he wasn't yeah. playing center. I, I think Studnika has the potential to be a number two maybe next year. Like, give him the reins in training camp and say, that's your spot. I thought that's what they did this year, though. No, they didn't. They didn't. You go. They need to say to him uh, uh, in August, or Mm -hmm. when training, or they need actually they need to say to him when they on breakup day, when everyone packs up, hopefully with a large piece of jewelry on order. But I don't expect that. Um. Go take your six or eight weeks off. Mm-hmm. When you start skating again, work on your fi- work on your face-offs. And come back in and show us that there is absolutely no reason for 20 games to think of anyone else playing the 2C than you. That's my feeling about what they need to say to him if they really want him to be to take that leap. Take your time off. Work on this. Work on this. I think I think Studnika's passing is good. His skating has already improved. Um, if he can get those faceoffs, so they don't even have to sub him in and out and lose an extra I don't know six seven seconds of a shift with him, go for it. But I think that they need to be explicit way in advance of the season, not just, oh, yeah, we think you'll make the team this year. Maybe not, because at camp they were saying, well, he might make the team. But, you know, for cap reasons, he might end up in Providence, which is where he spent at least half of the year. Um, Plus, I think like other young players, he's matured during the year. Yeah. Um, But we've beaten that one to death. At least yes. per se. Uh, no, Lindome de- deal is Lindome deal is I'm okay with it if they do get him extended. It, I'm okay. okay. I like the I like the size, the physicality. He's always been a solid defenseman in Anaheim. He, he's got some offensive skill, but he, it, I mean it's not over the top. But we don't need that if you get what you're supposed to get out of Ever. the Hall of Famer, which we never have. But uh, details, details. For me, if they sign him for that eight million or for that eight years at six and change per year, I'm okay with that. And we get four years of 45 plus points from him, which would be career highs. Like 45 yes. points is more than he's achieved yet. But different, different team, more talent around him. Mm-hmm. It's the Bruins have won the trade and I'm okay with giving up what they gave up. But if it's less than that, it's, it's really difficult. Um, let's cover the rest of the trades. I don't think we're going to get to that poll question this week. Um, there was the Sherratt trade. Yeah, I completely missed that one. Um, which was interesting all by itself because it was one of the first trades. Um, ben Sherratt was traded even while injured <laughs> okay. um, to the Florida Panthers 
And this was one of the very first trades to happen um, in exchange for Tyler Smilanic. First round pick in 2023, a fourth round pick in 2022, previously acquired from uh, the Rangers. And the Canadians retained half of Sherratt's salary. Wow. I don't know how much of this is just adding depth and how much of it is. He was traded before the Ekblad injury, so it's not like they're filling a spot. Or at least they weren't at the time. I mean, it just so happened. I mean, sadly, in a sad way, it worked out that, okay, they picked up a defenseman and. You know, it, it, he's not a replacement for Ekblad by any stretch, but so I think they were just shoring up. I think they were shoring up the defense. And he, I mean, Sherratt was actually still on the injured. I think he's still on the injured reserve at the moment. We were just looking at the team. Um, yeah, he's still listed as a non-roster player. Uh, so that's pretty fascinating. Hopefully they'll have him and Ekblad back. Ekblad is not yet on the injured reserve. Um, and then now early this year, we asked the same question and I do not have the poll handy. I looked for it this morning, mm-hmm. but I asked early in the year. I asked, will Jake DeBrus still be a Bruin? <laughs> when the trade deadline passes and the answer at the time was unequivocally no smaller, smaller results than the, than the current, uh, than the current poll. But I ran this one this week. Yeah. 56.3% of a fairly hefty sample believe that Jake DeBrusque will still be a, will still wake up with the spoke to be on Tuesday morning. Which is why I don't think Sweeney is going to address the elephant in the room because he's going to keep everything status quo. Um, if nothing else, I'm with the trades that Don Sweeney has made in the past, or the trader that Don Sweeney has made. I'm somewhat surprised he's given up on Vakadinen. I'm delighted he got rid of John Moore. <laughs> well, aren't we all? I mean, years too late, but he got rid of John Moore. Well, he got um, rid of the contract anyway. And he didn't give up any of the better, any of the better prospects, like in other positions. No, Bruins had a lot of guys who can play in the four through seven spots in the NHL in the next two years on D. I don't know. D. But they D- don't C- have. I don't think that. I don't think that most of them are better than Lorai will be. Um, they didn't give up LaSalle. Uh, well, the deadline hasn't finished yet. I don't think they're going to give up Lysel. I think Lysel was an ask for uh, Chikrin. I read somewhere. This. What's that? I'm not sure I'd make that trade. Well, I don't I know. I wouldn't, wouldn't go for Chikrin now anyway. He's out injured again, and it's not a short-term thing from the way they're talking. And it could be the knee again, which he's already had surgically surgically repaired like twice. And the kid's, what, 22, 
Yeah, um, that would be ungood. Yeah, that's part of the reason why the belief is that's part of the reason why they went with Lindholm instead. Uh, obviously doesn't have the offensive output, but defensively more solid and size-wise, health-wise, better situation. Um, I think that looking at this, the numbers changed, and it's clear that his most recent out- offensive output has had some effect on, on the belief that he will or will not be dealt. I I don't know. There's part of me that still thinks he could be, but most likely it's going to be at the draft or prior to the draft. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see them. If he really doesn't want to be here, forcing him to be here is not helping. He's helping himself by playing better. And, and, you know, the recent outburst of offense certainly helped. I, I don't know as much that he didn't necessarily want to be here. As I think that there were that there were off ice distractions, none. I think that given the pandemic and his relationship with his grandmother, that he had some desire to be closer to home and closer to her. Uh, With the lifting of restrictions and everything, I think that he's less worried. I think that there's uh, I think that there's some. I don't want to say team things. I don't think it's problem. No, there are team. definitely some team issues. I think there are some issues with GM. Uh, I, I would say it's more issues with non-players than players. Thank you. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Um, and that's something the Bruins really need to address because I don't think that this is the first person to get thrown under the bus like that. I think it's possibly the best player that we've seen get thrown under the bus like that in the last five or six years. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I don't I don't for a second believe that he is. I the mean, first, I mean, do you want him around personal? Do you do you want him on the team? Would you rather that I have not seen that anything see- unprofessional from him? Was he upset a lot or was he visibly upset sometimes? Yes. But do would you want was, to see him on the team, or do you want to see him gone? Or and I'm I'm indifferent to where Jake DeBrusque is in okay. five years or two years, depending on what the return is. I mean, aside from Bergeron and Marchand, I don't think there's anyone the team can uh, can not trade. I think it would be really silly to trade Swayman. I think it yeah, would be, that's not ha- yeah, that's I not think it happening. Would be at pretty this damn point. foolish to trade Pasternak. But the question is always, what's the return? Right. Um, and on that question, we're not going to get to the Marchand versus McDavid uh, this week. We just do not have time. I have some notes, but I'm having a couple of technical difficulties. Okay. Um, so definitely if you have, if you want to weigh in on that, hit us in the comments on, uh, podbean.com or you can drop us uh, a message. Uh, you can drop us either one of us a message on Twitter. Uh, my DMS are usually open at Puxage. Um, and then Forsberg, 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 uh, Philip is setting records 
for the old Nashville Predators. Okay. Yeah. So basically I was just, I heard about it on, on, on the uh, network and, and then I read about it very briefly this morning. Forsberg is coming close to, he's he has passed David Legwand for the franchise record for career goals. He scored his 211th. Uh, but he's also one away from he's tied his own career high and he's one shy of tying Victor Arvidsson's single season franchise record of 34. Uh, he they broke a couple of records the other night. I mean, this is a guy and yet there's rumor that he's being shopped around at the deadline. Uh, yep. He's not an older player. He's not he's clearly in in his prime and yet they're shopping him around possibly. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm torn because it's the guy that I've known do, during our fantasy drafts. I've always drafted him knowing that I was going to basically have to stash him for half a season. And then up until a couple of years ago, yeah, he wouldn't show up until January or Christmas. <laughs> In the last couple of seasons, he's been the full season player that, I would expect him to be. And now that you're getting more out of him, you want to get rid of him. I don't understand that concept. I I just, I understand that the team has gone down that, you know, they haven't, they're not Stanley cup contending, but I don't necessarily know that they're in breakup mode. You could get rid of other players on the team and still have that output. Okay. 58 points in 49 games. Yeah. 58 points in 49 games. Yeah. I think the return that you can potentially get for a right shot, multiple time, 30 goal scoring, 27 year old forward at the, at the moment uh-huh. is something that it's your responsibility as a GM who knows they're not winning a Stanley cup this year to think to- about. To think about, yes, okay, I could see thinking about, I don't know, I just, I, I'm not, who, are you, who are you building around then? I mean, what's your core? What's your... It depends on what, like, again, it comes down to the return. Like, if you can flip him to, I don't know, say New Jersey, and you pick up two young players who can drop your average age, maybe add a little bit more speed to your roster, maybe you do it. You know, Chicago, Chicago is not going to be that team, but say that uh, and Winnipeg is probably going to hit sell mode. But I don't know, maybe maybe Seattle says, look, we need to do something different here. And they offer you, you know, a couple of firsts and they don't have a deep prospect pool because they've only they've only had one draft at this point. I was going to say, Seattle just traded somebody for a handful of draft picks, so. And I, I, the Ducks, I don't remember who it was. I have to look the Ducks are also moving players out. Yes. Um, it might be time to uh, address your uh, your buddies over there. The Ducks? It might be time for them to move someone out. And let's face it, putting Forsberg next to some of their young players 
Oh, that was the other one. Calgary Flames got Kali Yonkroak from Seattle, and, and they Seattle got like three picks for him. But yep. and Kali Yonkroak, who also happened to be a Nashville Predator. At uh, one point, yep. Penalty killer and whatnot. So, I don't know. In my eyes, I'm just thinking the team doesn't have – I don't know. The team doesn't seem to have – an identity, yeah, that that's your point. And you're looking to trade the one guy who gives you that in all seriousness. I mean, unless you, except for maybe a does Roman Yossi. Does he actually give you an identity? <laughs> all not, an ident- not an identity, but he gives you a boatload of talent. And between him and Roman Yossi, I guess it's the end of an era, yeah. I mean, Cyrus is there, but. The era just might be ending. <laughs> Is actually the Vegas Knights' yeah, first that's golden age. Nice little segue. I like that. That was good. They have three games in hand on the Dallas Stars. I'm sorry, three points on the Dallas Stars, who have four games in hand. Um, the Dallas Stars also have. They're only one loss behind them. We might see the Vegas Golden Knights fail to make the playoffs for the first time in their history this year. No, that can't happen. Three points in, in let's see, they have uh, 18 games left. Yeah, they can lose three points in 18 games. Wow. The Dallas Stars, see, they need to do something. I don't know if they're going to pick up anyone. I think um, or maybe they're going to go into sell mode. Uh, I mean, there's there's some nice there's some nice talent on that team if you ignore the most heavily paid players um, on Dallas. Yes, there are there are a number of players that I wouldn't mind. Uh, Jason Robertson. That Ruben would be the Hintz. first one. That would be another one. <laughs> um, you've got Klingberg. You've got. Nope. Oh, wow. Well, I, where did Heiskanen go? Miro Heiskanen. He's still in Dallas. Wise, I seem to remember him being a little bit more productive. He was an offensive defenseman, yeah. He is an offensive defenseman, I should say. Are we not getting... He's got four goals. Oh, wow, only 29 points. Yeah, that is probably down for him. Uh, well, he but, had 27 points in 55 games last year. He had 35 and 68 in 1920. Oh, so he's probably on pace then. But goals wise, I mean, in eighteen in eight in eighty two games in the eighteen nineteen season, he had twelve goals. He okay. had eight goals in each of the last in the two previous seasons, and he's only got four this year. So yeah, he's. Um, I mean, his his plus minus is better and has improved, but yeah, he's not at his peak. I don't think. So did we get? Because. This is the other guy that we got Hampus Lindholm here in Boston, but this is the other guy. He's a year young. This he's a year younger than Lindholm, slightly heavier, about the same height. Essa Lindell, twenty-seven year old, six-three, two-twenty defenseman, about the same stats-wise. This is the kid that I wanted. I, I the only thing I can't see is his contract. I'm not looking at Cap Brownlee right now. Um. Or what he's got left on it. 
So if we go to Esselindel, yeah, see, he's at 5.8. He's got another three years on his deal. So they're in a no movement clause. So he's not going anywhere. <laughs> not unless he wants to, and they're foolish enough to not want him. Exactly. So the, the more I think about it, I'm okay with Lindholm, but they really got to make sure that they get that the extension done, or I won't be happy at all. And it, the extension has to make sense. He still has to produce. It, it's all it all comes down to production. You want to talk about producing though? Joe Pavelski, 37 years old. Twenty-three everyone goals. Everyone on the team. Twenty-three Point goals, game. thirty-seven assists, sixty points in sixty games. Thirty-seven years old. Over fifty-two percent in the face-off circle. <laughs> almost fourteen percent shooting percentage. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely on the downhill, and he makes a great argument for Patrick Kane taking less money in the future. I know it doesn't help me at all. I understand that, but damn. <laughs> Particularly Definitely. since Kane hasn't lost as much speed as, well, not that Pavelski ever had that much speed. No, Pavelski was not a, typical, a traditionally fast guy. But Okay, um, we have hit just about every point we wanted to cover this week. Um, we may, if there is a lot of good stuff happening between now and the deadline tomorrow afternoon... Uh, toss in a quick supplemental, but uh, if not, we will uh, talk to you next week. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. Share the show, love the show, be the show, and we will be back. <laughs>